Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, another kind of an outtake episode from Brick and Cardboard. They were asking me some questions that could be summarized, I think, in some of the collecting activity things that I am doing, will do, have done. Um, I neglected to mention that I do have extra cards. <laughs> they're not here. They're at the bank. So good cards are at the bank. I've got a, a representative sample of a few good cards on my wall, but the very best stuff I keep at the bank for security reasons. But again, I, I love the cards. That's just a sensible thing to do. Thanks, sponsors, Tops, Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, as well as ComC.com and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So thanks, Corey of Yamwax and John Newman of Sports Card Nation. It was a fun show. Look forward to uh, listening to it, as well as uh, perhaps at some point being on the, another episode as it gets rolled. It's a monthly show. It's live. I encourage you to listen to the whole thing. Thanks. I had a good friend of mine that kind of disrespected one of my cards because it wasn't in as good a condition as the one he had. And you know what? I just accepted it because he wasn't talking about me. He was talking about the cards. And it was a way of saying... Because he paid big bucks. He paid a lot more for his card than I did of mine. It was an Aaron rookie. Mine was like a five. And I, I, I have more than one, but that was the one I showed him. And he said, oh, that's a five. And I went, that's a pretty nice looking card. And he, yeah. I'm not going to out him, but he has a world-class collection. In fact, I've had a lot of friends that have had world-class collections, and I don't have any envy. I've got a great collection. They've got a great collection. I, I have a broader collection than many people. A deeper collection, but I'm not going after the glamour cards now. And I have enough of the older good cards, and I'm not really that eager to trade an Aaron rookie for a, a Zion Williamson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have that broad base collection as well. It's the angle I've gone, and I constantly am wrestling with: do I consolidate and go into certain cards that I love? And that's going to be an ongoing collection thought process over the the coming years. I think. What card do you have the most multiples? You said you have more than one Aaron. Is there a particular? Kind of iconic card Gosh, you are still, that you have. You are still fishing. The, you want the answer to be a 48-leaf jacket? <laughs> no, I know. I think you said you only have one now that you, you, you sold one you'd like to do over. But So I'm not fishing for Jackie info, but is it Clemente or is it someone else that you just said, hey, I'm going to get more of these or the price is just well, um, too right to, to not buy more? Almost all my purchases were in the 70s. I, I guess I've very rarely bought a card. I've almost always bought a collection. When yeah. I bought a collection in the 70s, in fact, I bought out tables. I was a very aggressive dealer back in the 70s. I wasn't doing price guides, and I was using knowledge that I had to paying the prices that they wanted, but I'd buy out dealers, and I'd buy large collections. So when I bought the collection, then I would sell the cards that I didn't care about, and I'd keep the Clementes. If there was a Clemente in there that I liked, I'd keep it. If I didn't like it and I already had it, I'd sell it. But yeah, so I didn't accumulate them as much as I didn't eliminate them. When I got them, I kept them. Same thing, Mickey Mantle. If I got a Mantle and it was in decent shape, if it was in bad shape, maybe I'd sell it. But I'd sell the cards I didn't want. And I kept the stuff that I thought, and it wasn't mainly for the value. I think it was, this is great trade stock. If I want to trade for something I need, which I did sometimes, these Mickey Mantles are going to trade for just about anybody else in the set. So I have some extra mantles. I have some extra Clementis, but I'm already retired. So I'm not retiring on it. I already am retired. So I didn't go out and buy them as much as I bought a collection. They were in there. And some people buy a collection and they sell the best cards to get their money back. I'm the slow patient flipper. I sold the worst cards to get my money back. And then I kept the best cards. So now I'm sitting here. I have some extra good cards. I love Rich it. 
Is there a card that Dr. Beckett has been chasing that he hasn't been able to find? I don't think so. I've been in the hobby for so long. If I really was chasing it, I would get it. I've told you I've been an underbidder more than once on a Lajeway, so I don't have that. I've been the underbidder on a Wagner, so I don't have that. My friend wanted me to buy a plank, and it turned out it was counterfeit. So I'm glad I passed on that. Those were some of the really big cards in the day. Yeah, I don't really chase individual cards anymore. In the yeah. old days, I had a want list, and so I was trying to complete sets. And now most of those sets I've disbanded or sold off and things like that. So I'm really just collecting on my wall, and I've got extra stuff that I'm trying to get rid of. I'm old. I'm not going to be buried with this stuff. I, I'm going to try to find a home gradually for more and more stuff. 1% a month I'd like to sell. 100 months, I'd be done. Is there a particular hobby gift that you've received over the years that especially touched you? or Any gift touches me. In fact, my episode last Christmas was about not necessarily rack or random acts of kindness, but I did one on deferred gratification and the other on unsolicited gifts that, that people give cards. And it probably makes me a little bit uncomfortable. I've had both. I've had the discomfort of having people give me a very nice gift without wanting anything in return. But that's not as uncomfortable as having somebody give me a gift and then giving me a bill for it. I had a guy say, hey, I picked this out for you. I knew you'd. And I said, that's fabulous. He said, that'd be 500 bucks. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I said, okay. It's so great that you uh, continue to collect uh, from dollar boxes as well as do the ComC trade because it, it allows people to connect to you, I, I believe. And I'm, I'm sure it's because it's something you enjoy. But you have this great wall and these great cards, but you also um, are doing something that some of us aren't even doing. But like the ComC thing, after listening to those episodes, I'm really excited to dive in there. But the dollar boxes are fun for everybody. There's some for everybody. And if the kids are priced out of the stratospheric cards, there's a lot of fun. But again, you can do the dollar boxes even if you don't have any knowledge. You can just pick up stuff that you like, but I know what's a good deal, just like Rich does. So I'm going to pick out stuff I want for me, and then I'm going to pick out some stuff that I can sell. And I'm a big fan of Mike Summer, too, that he really tries to make his collecting sustainable. And I think that's just a reasonable concept, and I want to be a good example of that. I'm not uh, dipping into savings to fund a collection. I'm funding it as I go and enjoying. Yeah.